0: Aren't you glad you're listening? Because if you're a Milton Berle fan, you're hearing a whole bunch of really cool stuff this week on hitting the mark with me, Jeffrey Mark, and Ray Carr and Cindy Ribble. Milton was known, especially in the New York years when he was on television. He would go from nightclub to nightclub, and it didn't matter who the star was that invited Milton up on stage. Because he didn't have enough being the star of a number one television show, he had to be in front of the audiences. Milton would hire a car, a limousine, and he would book six or seven benefits in the same night in New York City, back when benefits were done that often. And he'd appear to every single one of them, working all night long. It was fun for him. What else was he going to do, sit home in his underwear? (laughs) you know, play cards, knit. Right. His fun was performing. His love was performing. That's what drove him. And when he wasn't performing, he was talking about performing. Mm-hmm. And that's where my life intersects with his. Well, you've obviously benefited from that because you know, Milton Berle is one of the most interesting people um, I've ever heard about. Milton Berle, other than he had a mind- I can't imagine how he remembered things. Milton could tell you the name of the doorman at the theater in Cincinnati that he played in 1924 only once and can tell you who opened the door for him, who was on the bill with him and who played the piano in the pit. He had that kind of a mind. To He, he, he retained everything about his career between his ears. It was an amazing, amazing thing to sit with him and just listen to what he had to say, the wisdom he had. And like the best comedians, he had a comedy timing. You cannot learn comedy timing. It's just there, it's like jazz. You can't really learn jazz. You either have the talent for, it. now you can get better at it by repeating, by doing it over and over and over again, you get better at your craft, but you can't learn it from scratch. Milton knew exactly how long to hold a laugh, exactly when to speak, when to turn away, when to look at the audience, when to make a face. He always knew what he was doing. He was so good at it. You know, there are, there are comedians out there today who are very good at stand-up. They've got a solid 10 minutes or they've got a solid one hour of stuff, but they can't act, they can't sing, They can't dance. They couldn't be the master of ceremonies. They'd be nothing on a game show. They'd be boring on a talk show. They couldn't do a play. They're very good at what they do, but that's all they've got. Mm -hmm. Milton could do everything. Everything. And he knew it. So he didn't let anything stop him. There was no, oh, I shouldn't do that. I can't do that. When they, here's one, here's a story. In the early nineties, the television Academy was unveiling a statue in its driveway for Lucille Ball, a life-size statue. And there was a show and I was an attendee there. And Milton was the big guest star. Steve Allen, Jane Meadows were there. Uh, The woman who designed most of Miss Ball's early costumes for I Love Lucy was there. And Milton was the big get. They needed to do publicity. They needed to get a really good something that would go out on the wires, both for television and for magazines and for for newspapers. Milton climbed up. Milton was like almost 90, climbs up on the statue to kiss her, right, and starts to fall. The audience, the people around him at the statue caught him. And pushed him back up to kiss her, then brought him back down and put him on his feet. And he did that. No trauma, no, oh my gosh, what happened to me? Nope, next, let's go back to, let's go back inside now and play some more. And they brought him in after that. And he sits down and he says, well, I'm here to talk about my dear friend, Lucille Testicle. That's how he starts an hour. Of Lucy's stories and how much he admired her. That kind of courage. It's like, no, nothing is going to stop me. We're going to have a show here. It was, it was a wonderful thing to look at and learn from, to not be afraid. Milton Berle had children and I don't know much about them. What do they do and how do they, you know, how was the relationship with the, their father? He had a much better relationship with his daughter, I think, than with his son. His son, there was early in his childhood, not much Milton in it. Uh, it's a very, very long story of strife between his mother and Milton. His daughter, much closer. His son ended up being a a producer. I'm sighing because I'm about to say a truth. That's true for many people in show business. It's true for Lucille Ball. It's true for Bob Hope. It's true for Milton Burrow. They love their children very, very much. They're very happy to be parents. They wanted to be parents. But the career is at the center of everything. And the children have to be brought up by nannies and servants and nurses so that the parent who is the one who is performing is free to do their job. So quite often Milton wasn't available. He was out of town, he was working on a film, he was in Las Vegas, or if he was in town he had to be at rehearsals. The, the, the show must go on and unfortunately the children do suffer from it to some extent. Now, there are people who are just jerks, like Al Jolson, where he lost his son entirely. His son was adopted by his wife's next husband, and they had no relationship at all. So it wasn't like that with Milton. He he deeply loved. Milton took good care of his siblings their whole lives. Milton was very aware of how his brothers and sisters had suffered because he was the main one, the star. That their childhoods were not what they could be because their mother was never around. They were home with their not so able father while mama and Milton are traveling the world performing. And Milton was very aware of it and tried to his best to make it up to his siblings. And I think the same thing with his kids. When he could make it up to them, he tried his best to. That does not mean he was the best father who ever lived. Very interesting, Jeffrey. I, we learned a lot about Milton Berle. It's just uh, you know a story that could probably be talked about for another two or three hours. We've covered quite a bit so far. You should write a book. <laughs> you know, Milton wrote his life story. And yes, not everything in it was true. He exaggerated. Uh, Milton always felt, why talk about the truth when a good lie is so much better, you know, for the public? Not that he was a liar, but just that if I say this, it's the right thing for the public to hear. They don't need to know about that. That isn't interesting, but this is interesting. So he would would make up things. Almost, Almost every performer does but he wrote a really wonderful book about himself. And here's the problem. We're doing a show and hopefully there are thousands if not millions of people who will listen to this eventually on all the different platforms and radio stations around, but it's free. How many people these days know who Milton Berle is anymore? How many people have seen his performances outside of reruns of the Lucy show or It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, or mm-hmm. if you're a big fan of classic movies, some of the films he made in the 40s, or a rerun of The Nanny where he appears as her uncle. I would love, I would love to write a wonderful book about Dinah Shore, for instance, who was very good to me when she was alive. Who would buy it? Who knows who Dinah Shore is anymore? You mentioned Dinah Shore. The only thing that comes up is Ladies Golf, and a lesbian weekend getaway once a year. It's named for her, um, not because Dinah was a lesbian, but they just decided to name it for her because she promoted and paid for ladies golf. The problem with books is that my generation, the baby boomers are dying off and the next generations don't care. So it's wonderful for radio because anyone can listen and it's free. But people don't want to spend thirty-five or forty or fifty dollars to buy a book these days about people they don't know who they are. They don't care. I, I've had people when I when I talk to the kids and I say Paul Newman and they look at me like I have two heads. And I say to them, "I'm not that old. You're not that young. Look mm. it up." It's not that, Cindy. It's that they don't care and they're not curious. I was born curious. I want to know about everything. They're not curious. What do you mean? No, but that's why why we're doing this, the three of us, because both of you are curious Mm -hmm. and care what came before us. And this has been going on for a long time now. Back in the 90s, I was invited into a high school in Manhattan to give a lecture about Ella Fitzgerald when my first book came out. And I brought video with me to let them see her perform. And I brought with me a clip of her on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. So this is like 1996. Johnny had given up The Tonight Show, I think, in 1992. So only four years earlier. Mm-hmm. Not one kid in this high school knew who Johnny Carson was. Not one. But he also The Tonight Show. Yeah, well, it's Jay Leno's show. I said, well, well there are people before Jay Leno. Really? Mm-hmm. We didn't know that. Oh, wow. And, I was doing, and go back even further in the 90s, a long time ago now, I was doing research at UCLA, which has wonderful resources for show business. And I was sitting outside where they keep their video library of things. I was kind of like looking in my appointment book and trying to figure out the next thing. And a young man, like, what are you here for? Oh, I'm writing a book. I'm doing research. Really? How cool. On who? Oh, Ella Fitzgerald. Who? Oh. Uh. Ella was still alive. She wasn't working anymore, but she was still alive. And I said, well, Count Basie, Duke Ellington. Who? I had to get to Frank Sinatra before this young person, a university scholar who was there to learn the first name. And I mentioned about eight. Finally, Sinatra. Oh, yeah, I've heard of Frank Sinatra. Well, I said, she's like the female Frank Sinatra. What Frank is to a song Ella is to a song. All the way back there, they didn't recognize these names anymore. So, well, because history will be totally forgotten if it's up to that generation and the generations that you know, follow them. So it's up to is, us to keep it going. There are certain names: Lucy, James Dean, Marilyn Monroe, Elvis, Sinatra, that seems to go on and on and on and on and on from generation to generation. Why only those? I don't know. James Dane made three films and about five television appearances. He's idolized to this day. Why him and not people who had 50 year careers? I don't know. I don't know. I, I spoke a few weeks ago at the International Jack Benny Convention in London. When I told people in my life I was doing that the younger people, including my kids, who's Jack Benny? He was oh. like, are you people kidding me? Maybe the greatest comedian who ever lived and no knowledge. No knowledge at all. There are people who only know Harper Mark because he was on I Love Lucy. They have no idea what the Marx brothers are. Oh, God. It didn't look. Every generation is allowed to have its icons. Every generation is allowed to have the people they think entertain them, they can relate to. Used to be we honored the people in show business who came before us. As they aged, we gave them honors and degrees and awards and feted them. Now these people are becoming forgotten. And it's a real, real shame. Milton Burl could put a button on this whole thing. Deserves a statue in the Show Business Hall of Fame, and everybody who's ever wanted to be in television or wanted to do stand-up comedy or sketch comedy, because Milton was brilliant at sketch comedy, should take lessons one through ten from Milton. And anybody who wants to be in show business in any area should take a look at how hard this man worked, the driving ambition. And the hard work that brought all of this about because without it i don't care what part of show business you're in today or how times have changed without that drive and ambition and need to do it you're gonna get nowhere well said jeffrey great job today i thank both of you for being with me like we are every week yeah it was a lot of fun. I learned a lot today and it's always a pleasure speaking with um, such a savant or a sagacious individual as yourself. I right, Thank you. So to all of our friends out there who are listening, until next time, God bless and have a happy.